So I, again, I want to thank all of y'all because speaking of COVID, you know, it's been a, is it hot in here this morning? Hot in here. I don't, I don't think, I think they set the temperature for it being like 40 outside and not 70. It's been beautiful this weekend, hasn't it? Come on, man. The colors are starting to pop in Michigan. I mean, I guess pretty out there. It's pretty. Um, but, but anyway, back to, you know, COVID really played a part in our family. And um, some of y'all I know, you know, knows my story. Some of you may not um, if you're, you're new here. But today is October the 23rd, right? October the 23rd of 2021, last year, a year ago today was the day I went to the hospital for COVID. It was a year ago today. I guess this was uh, the first day I had went in the hospital, and uh, my wife had took me to the hospital. I couldn't breathe. I was struggling. We was at home, and uh, it was in the height of the Delta variant at that time. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to get into our whole story here, but the ones of you that don't know it, I want to tell you that's why we're here today. That's why we're here today because, come on, y'all. Um, it truly is. I was in the hospital and, and I was struggling. I was um, having a hard time breathing. My oxygen saturations were really low. I couldn't, um, I couldn't, you know, get air. And they're telling me, Jamie, you need to go on the ventilator. And they're saying, well, you know what? If you go on the ventilator, you're uh, probably not going to come off of it. Um, and I know we've probably, a lot of us in here have, know someone or have someone we love probably, you know, had passed of COVID, I'm sure. And uh, I kept fighting it. I don't want to go on the ventilator. I don't want to go on the ventilator. And they're like, you need to go up to ICU. You need to get put on the ventilator. You need to, you know, do this and do this. And, I, and I'm struggling. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting. I'm thinking I can get better. I can get better. And, and day one, day two, day three, day four, five, six. And then on the seventh day, I, I mean, I was going into cardiac arrest. Um, I, I, my, my organs were shut down. I wasn't getting no oxygen. I was dying. And they had... Uh, um, put me on a ventilator and it was that day it was October the 30th I was up there for seven days the day before Halloween um, and, and I was I was dying and I remember you know calling my wife and my kids and, and, and telling them you know hey uh, this is it um, I may not come off the ventilator I, I mean they're telling me you, it was a 98% fatality rate if you put up 100 people in a line, 98 of them don't make it. And the, amen, come on, y'all. But God, right? Um, so, amen. I was uh, struggling really bad, and I, and I was, you know, on life support. And they had intubated me at Bronson Hospital, and the, the very next morning, they flew me out to Ann Arbor. I'll show this, this next one. They flew me up to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. I was on the ventilator for 14 days in my mouth, and then they had taken it out and put the trach in my throat. Um, I was on it that way for 11. It was 25 days straight on the ventilator. And, uh, <clears throat> and I remember, you know, I... I was, I was scared to death, guys. I'm not even going to lie to y'all, man. I, I ain't even going to lie to you. I didn't know what to do. Didn't know if I was ever going to see my wife, my kids, my grandkid, my grandbaby right there again. Um, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, God is so good. 
he's so good and he had a plan for, you know, for all of this. And, and after 25 days on the ventilator, this right here was the day I finally got to see my wife again. And I was alive. I was, a, I was alive. I, look, I've been out so long, I done grow a beard. Hair. I mean, <laughs> I feel like Rumpel, Rumpel still says, I that one, Rip Van Winkle. That's what it was, go to bed and wake up. <laughs> but that was the day I'd come off the ventilator after 25 days. And uh, I spent 51 days up there in Ann Arbor in that hospital. And uh, man, can you, it was a year ago today. Today. How time, time just gets away from you, don't it? I mean, and when you, you, I look back at it and I think about how bad I was struggling and, and, and I was struggling with my, my faith and, and, and all this stuff. And, and can I tell you, the Lord spoke to me. Amen. The Lord spoke to me through all this stuff, through, through everything that was going on and and God was working. Can I tell you some of the worst things in your life turn out to be the best blessings you ever had? Amen. God uses it for the good. That was the catalyst of what got us to Restoration Church. Because the Lord spoke to me. He said, Jamie, you have been made for more than this. You have been called into the ministry years ago. Years ago, I was still out there acting like a fool. I had been called into the ministry and I ran from it for so long. And I remember that, you know, when, when the Lord had clearly spoke to us about Restoration Church going, I keep pointing up there and the pictures are gone. You see that? I'm like this and there's not even nothing up there. <laughs> the Lord had spoke to us. And... You know, I love you too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when we come out of this, I remember my wife and I sitting there talking. And Tara looked at me and she said, Jamie, we would be complete fools to go back to the way things were. We would be complete fools to walk through what the Lord had us walk through. And to go through what God had us go through. And then just go right back to the way things were before. God had a plan. That God had a plan. And it was Restoration Church. That was his plan. Little did I know. Little did I know. I've been called into the ministry. We're made for more. We ran from this calling for so long. God, I'm scared. I'm afraid to step out. I'm, I mean, that's why I'm preaching today a year later that we were destined for this. Amen? Time and chance. Y'all know that. We were destined for this. This was God. This ain't got nothing to do with me. This ain't got nothing to do with Pastor Dustin. This right here, Restoration Church, is all Jesus. I'm telling you, come on. This is all God. 
that we were completely destined for this. Time and chance intersected. You know that? And that's what I'm preaching to you about this morning. If you want to open your Bibles with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Oh, whoa. Look at that. Sorry, I'm getting excited already. You started preaching yet. Well, I love you right back, buddy. I love you right back. Thank you. I want to preach to you about this right here in, in chapter 9 because I love this. I, I love a lot of these verses. Well, the entire, this chapter 9, this Ecclesiastes chapter 9 is one of my favorite chapters anyway, right? But I want to preach to you about how time and chance intersect. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Father, that we are here today, October the 23rd, 2022, Restoration Church. Lord, that... We keep our eyes on you, God, that we are here to love God and love people. See it? Lord, we thank you. So, Father, I pray that you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. And I love chapter 9. This is one of my, my favorite, favoritest. Is that a word? Favoritest? It is. It came out of my mouth. Isn't it? That's an Alabama word. This is my favoritest. One of my favoritest chapters. I can say what I want to, Dustin. This. Starting in verse 9, I love it right here on verse 9. It says, it, says, it says, live joyfully. It starts out saying, live joyfully. To live joyfully. That's what we're supposed to do. Listen, we're not supposed to be a bunch of beat up, defeated people. Amen? That's not how God wanted us to live. We're not supposed to be a bunch of beat up, defeated people. And it's, it's not that we don't face troubles. We don't face problems. We, we don't face trials. It's not that. But he said to live joyfully. He said to live joyfully, and I like the rest of this verse right here. It says, with the wife. Uh, how many of y'all got a wife in here? Huh? Amen. I see your hand over there, Jim. You, I, I love that. It says, with the wife whom you love all the days of your life. See that? With the wife. And I, I'm, not, I'm not preaching on that or else I would stay there. Um, you're welcome. But he says to live joyfully. He says to live joyfully. Look at, look, look at verse 10. I like this next verse. He says this. He says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. I love that. To do it with all your might. We don't do things halfway. We don't do things half-hearted, amen? He said, whatever your hand finds to do, we do it with all our might. We don't do things. Listen, I want to tell you, if you're working at McDonald's and you're flipping hamburgers, flip them with all your might. Amen? I don't care what you're doing. If, do it with all your might because you don't know that God's watching you. He says, whatever you're doing, whatever you put your hand to, he says, do it with all your might. Give it all you got. See, we're to be people of excellence. We're supposed to do everything and give it all we got. Amen? You're supposed to do your best. But here's, here's what I want to focus on right here. In verse 11, he says, I returned. Look at this. Look at verse 11. He says, I returned. This is Solomon. This is Solomon speaking. He says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. 
But time and chance happen to them all. That's what he's saying. He, let, me, let me finish right here in verse 12. Right here. It says, for man also does not know his time. For man also, in other words, what he's saying, everybody's, everybody's going to be given a time and a chance in God's plan for your life. But he says, for man also does not know his time. Everybody is going to be given a chance. But you don't necessarily know when that chance is if you're not in tune with God. Amen? Let me, let me finish it. He says, he draws an analogy right here. If you're not in tune with God, you're going to miss it. And he draws an analogy. He says this. A lot of people are like fish taken in a cruel net. Like birds caught in a cage or a snare. So the sons of men in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. That's what he said. And in other words, what, what he's saying, he's saying that, that we're held back by those nets. He said we're held back by those cages. There are things in our life that, that are going to hold us back. You might not know when the time is, but, but there's nets and there's cages. And he's saying there's things that are going to hold you back from the most amazing moments in your life. Amen. There are things that are going to keep you from experiencing the most amazing moments in your life. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is those miracle moments of time and chance. When time and chance intersect. You follow me? When time and chance intersect, when you, when you collide with your destiny. See, when God sets up those miracle moments in our life, but time and chance happen to them all. It's going to happen to you. It's what he said. And, and if you're not in tune, if you're not in tune, when time and chance are going to intersect, you might miss it. Amen? You might miss it. I love the fact that when you read Genesis, look at this, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. Say that with me. In the beginning, God. The first four words of the entire Bible. In the beginning, God. He didn't hide it in the middle of the book. He didn't stick it in the, the back of the book where you got to search for it or nothing. It's right there. And he said, if you want to know a four-word formula for success, in the beginning, God. God first in your family, God first in your marriage, God first in your children, God first in your finances, God first in your building, come on, you can do better than that, God first in your businesses, God first in your relationships, in the beginning, God. The first day of the week, I'm gonna worship him, in the beginning, God. God first, and when you put him first, he said, everything else you need, I'm going to give you. Amen. In the beginning, God. If you're lonely, he's got a wife or a husband for you. Come on, all the single people said amen, everybody. Real quiet, the married ones. If you're going through something, he's there. He connects it all together. In the beginning, God. If you put God first in everything that you have, in everything. And the next word, I love this. I love this right here. The next word. Created. In the beginning, God created. I love the fact that God is a creator. I love the fact that our God is not a copycat. I love the fact that our God is not an imitator. I love the fact that our God has creativity in him and the Holy Spirit still has creativity in him, amen, that our God is a creator. 
the greatest businesses, the greatest dreams, the greatest, you know, blessings to humanity are still yet to come. Amen? They're still yet to come to surface. The greatest blessings to humanity because our God is a creator. He's got young people. Maybe children upstairs in our kids' ministry. Can we? Come on. He's got kids upstairs in our kids' ministry, and we don't even know the possibilities that are inside of them because our God is a creative God. We don't know what ideas and what possibilities and stuff that's been planted in our young kids and our people. Amen? Our God is a God of creativity. In the beginning, God. And God who creates, he's saying this, he's saying that you're a chip off the old block. You're a chip off the old block. He says you got creativity in you. We don't need to get stale and moldy in our relationships. Come on, y'all. We need to have some creativity. We need some creativity in our marriage. And all the women said, amen. Get creative with your spouse. We need creativity in our marriages. We need some creativity. It's the same old, same old, same old, same old. Some of y'all been driving the same way to work every day. Some of y'all been driving the same way to church every day. Some of you ain't even changed your hairstyle in 40 years. Come on. Y'all know who I'm talking to. I'm not making fun of you, but do something new. Try something fresh. Get some creativity. Come on, y'all like that little old piece of something that Somebody done ate on and chewed on and took a bite out of and put it back in the refrigerator and it's sitting all moldy and stale and crusty and nasty, right? You got to take a risk every once in a while. Come on, y'all. Get creative and let God bring out new creativity in you. Amen? Let God bring out some new creativity in you. In the beginning, God created. He created. And what did he create from? I'm going somewhere with this. Everybody's like, what is he talking about? I'm going somewhere with this. Follow me. What did he create out of? Look what it says in Genesis 1-2. That the world was without form and void. It was a big, empty space. Y'all, this is huge. This is huge. I'm telling you because what he's saying is you serve a God who can create something out of nothing. Amen? You serve a God who can create something out of nothing. He can take nothing and make it into a something. He can take zeros and make them into heroes. Amen? Come on, y'all. And when he connects them to, their, to their, their, their destiny and their purpose, he takes nothing and he creates something out of it. And when he connects them and when, and when time and chance intersect, guys, follow me. When, 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 when time and chance intersecting you you know that there's a purpose and a calling and and the purpose for what he put you here on this earth for comes to fruition in your life right and then you were created and then it begins to manifest in your life what the lord has for you and then we become people of purpose amen he created out of nothing i promise y'all well i was nothing the scripture says this in ecclesiastes 9 4 look at this it says, but for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. I love this next part. Listen, it says, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. <laughs> In other words, listen, what he's saying right here. In other words, it's better to be alive today and you're just a little old puppy dog over here full of hope. Come on, y'all. You're just a little old dog over here. You're full of hope. And it's better to be full of hope and be a little puppy dog than it is to be a dead lion. Amen. 
Because guess what? It's over for all those lions. One of you heard me. It's better to be a little bitty puppy dog full of hope and health and, than to be a dead lion. It's over for all the lions. Come on, y'all. It's over. But I'm still here. I'm just a little puppy dog. Come on, y'all. Full of hope, full of prosperity. And what God is saying is there's hope for everybody. Listen, if you're still breathing, guys, listen, it's not too late. There's hope for you, you little puppy dogs. There's hope for y'all. And this is where we pick up in this verse right here in verse 11. But time and chance happen to them all. Amen? It's where we pick up the story. Time and chance. God has a purpose. God has a destiny for you. God has a plan. God has a direction for every single person in this room this morning. Amen. God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny and a direction for every single person that is in this room this morning. He makes something out of nothing. That's what he does. Something for people who messed their life up. Some of y'all are sitting here and be like, well, I'm 40 years old and I've messed my life up. I got nothing. I'm nothing. I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You have a calling and a purpose. You haven't missed it. Your God is always connecting time and chance together. That's what he's doing. I'm telling y'all, listen. He is always, always putting time and chance together. Why am I screaming? I don't know. It's been a year since I died. I'm happy today. I'm just a little old puppy dog that's sitting here full of hope and full of health. That's all I am. I'm just a little old puppy dog that's full of hope and health, and I'm going to holler at y'all, and I might let you out of here by noon if you're lucky. It's too hot to be in here by noon. Listen, guys, God is always having those times where time and chance intersect. He always has those times. And the key to it all is how you respond. The key to it all is how you respond to it. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. Amen. You can, come on, somebody better. God did not make a mistake when he made you. I want to. I want to put it this way. One day I was a little bitty sail among millions and I'm just swimming, minding my own business. Come on, y'all. I'm just sitting here minding my own business among me and sales, and I'm swimming my way and I'm in competition with all these other little cells that want to be me and I beat them all. I'm one in a million. You're one in a million. And I'm here to tell you right now, if God wanted somebody else, he would have let one of them other little fellers get there before you. But he didn't. He created you the way he created you. You are not a mistake. God created you that way because you have a purpose. You have a destiny. Time and chance is intersecting in your life. Come on, somebody. He said, I want you just the way you are, and I am creating you just the way you are so you can fulfill your destiny and your purpose what he's telling you. You're destined for this. You were destined for it. When he says, in that scripture, he says, time and chance happen to us all. And I keep doing this. It's not a... This is my time and chance intersecting, in case y'all was wondering. It's not a game. When he said time and chance happen to us all, what he's saying is there's no more excuses. 
There's no more excuses. It happens to us all. You're going to get your chance, and you're going to get your time. It's coming. I'm telling you. You are going to get your chance, and you are going to get your time of your destiny. Time and chance happen to some of us. All of us. It happens to all of us. The word chance in the Hebrew language has to do with colliding. The word chance, it actually has to do with the word collision. Okay, it's what it means. It actually has to do with the word collision. In other words, what he's saying is if God, listen, if you, if you give him control of your life, he says, I'm going to arrange things down the road that time and chance are going to cause you to collide with your destiny. I'm going to arrange things for you, and time and chance are going to have you collide with your destiny, collide with your calling, and collide with your purpose in life. We wouldn't be here had it not been for time and chance. I love that. I love the fact that the word collide, listen, it means to affront directly, to come upon. Come on, y'all. And you don't realize when a miracle moment is being set up. You understand, and that's what, that's what this text is talking about, that, that time and chance are going to have you collide with your purpose and your calling. It says the biggest problem is God has a, has a chance for everybody, but he said in the text that many of us are like a fish caught in a net. Many of us are like a bird in a snare or a cage. Many of us are like the, the wrong places. You're caught up in the net of addiction. You're caught up in the, the, the cage of the wrong people. You're caught up in the net of the wrong situations. You're caught up in all, this, all the distractions of life and the wrong situations. Listen, the, the, a bird, if you're like a bird that's in a cage, you can't fly. If you're like a net caught up in a fish, you're just flopping around. Or a, a net caught up in a fish. If you're like a fish, I caught myself. My wife started laughing at me. Slow down, pastor. Slow down. Slow down, pastor. Just calm down just a little bit. If you're like a fish caught up in a net, you can't swim. You're just flopping around. That's all you're doing. You can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing. You're a bird in a cage. And that's what he's saying. And even though God has times and chances, that's why the scripture, look at this. It says in Ecclesiastes 12.1, it says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. See that? Remember now your creator in the days. A lot of people say, well, I'll serve God when I get older and I ain't got nothing else to do. Come on, y'all. You know, I'm not talking to the older generation right now. Well, I'll just serve God when I get older and, and I, I can't do much else. But you could be missing so many times and chances that God has put in your life, your destiny. He's got a plan. The Bible says this. Look in Psalm 37, 23. It says, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by the Lord. So it says, every step, every stop, Every hesitation, every weight, every slip, every stumble, every good step, they're ordered by the Lord. Every one of them, they're ordered by the Lord. Do you really believe that, preacher? Yes, I believe that. Yes, I really do believe that. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about biblically. I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about biblically. It's the Christmas story. There's a loser in this story. I don't know any other way to put it. Okay, I don't know any other way to say this than there is a loser in the Christmas story. 
And all we know him as is the innkeeper. Remember the what? Seriously. You remember the story of the Virgin Mary and Joseph? She goes into labor. She's about to have a baby. Now, I want you to see this guy. I want you to see this guy of how he's caught up in the net. Amen. He's caught up in the net. And I don't know what was distracting him from, from having God show up in that moment. Come on, y'all. God showing up in that moment. You know, he, he really, listen, if you'll stay in tune with the Holy Spirit, he'll make you, even if you don't know it, he will make you in touch with that time and that chance. Amen. You don't even know it, but you got to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. But the innkeeper, Joseph and Mary are about to give birth to the greatest miracle in human history. God in skin. Amen. God in skin and an eight-pound baby. About to give birth to the greatest miracle in human history. And they want to do it in his hotel. Come on. And they knock on the door. <laughs> Listen. And this guy probably has this casual demeanor. Hey, hey, what's up? Right? Open the door. They want to have the greatest miracle in his hotel. A miracle is knocking. And he is not even aware that time and chance are knocking at his door. He's not even aware of it. We would not know him as the innkeeper. His entire family would be blessed forever. They would probably have the Ritz-Carlton of Bethlehem today. Come on, y'all. Right? Come on. Can you imagine? But he didn't see it. He didn't realize it. He didn't realize what was going on. And he didn't realize that he had a chance to play a part in the greatest miracle in human history. He didn't realize it. He got to play a, a part in the birth of the Messiah. He, but he didn't realize it. I really believe if he would have known that this is my time, that if he would have known time and chance was intersected, I can see him in my mind. I can see him walking up and be like, oh, no, you got to go. Uh-uh. I'm taking, I'm throwing your stuff out here. Take your bag. Take your toothbrush. Get on out of here. We're making room. We got to make room for Jesus. Come on, y'all. Get out. You got to go. You got to go. Come on. We got to make room for, for Mary and Joseph. We got to make room for all of them. And what I want you to understand is what I'm preaching to you this morning is that whatever you got to get out of your life to make room for Jesus, you better get it out of the way. Whatever people you got to get out of your life, you better get them out of your life and make room for Jesus. Here, get your junk. Get on out of here. Go somewhere. i got to make room for Jesus. i got to make room for Jesus in my life. Whatever you got to empty out, whatever has to move out of your life, move it. Whatever it is. Sometimes people are the net. Sometimes people are the cage that holds you down. The wrong people, the wrong situations. But whoever i got to get rid of to have room for Jesus in my life. Come on, y'all. Can we give Jesus some praise in here this morning? Whatever you got to get rid of. Whoever you got to get rid of, whatever it is, whoever it is, you better throw it out. And you better make room for Jesus. Or you can just shut the door. Say, ain't got no room. Just shut, just shut the door. 
You can just shut the door. And you can say, well, I ain't got no room. He went back to his ordinary life. Come on, y'all. He went back to his ordinary life that was less than what God had planned for him. I could have walked out of that hospital a year ago. Matter of fact, I did. And I went back to my ordinary life that was way less than what God had ever had planned for me. Amen. Was way less than what God had ever had planned for me. I love you too. And that's why it matters if you love God or not. I'm here to tell you. That's why it matters if you love God or not. That's why it matters if you honor God. That's why it matters if you read this book. Come on. Three of you read your Bible. That's why it matters if you read this book. That's why it matters if you have a prayer life. That's why it matters if, you're, if you just want to go back to your ordinary little life that, that, that was way less than what God ever had planned for you. Come on. You just have to take time every single day to acknowledge him. Look at Proverbs 3, 6. Take time every day to acknowledge him. And he says, because if you'll acknowledge me, I will direct your paths. Amen? You just have to take time to acknowledge him. He will direct your paths, but here we are. We're so busy. We're so busy. We're so busy. We don't have time to do this, and we just go back to our ordinary life. And, and listen, if you'll respond correctly, you just got to respond correctly. Acknowledge him. I thought about John chapter 5, how nothing had happened at the pool of Bethesda. Nothing had happened there. Listen, listen, in verse 4. The scripture says this, at a certain time, everybody say a certain time. At a certain time, nothing had happened. But at a certain time, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. In other words, it was time and chance. It was time and chance. If you stepped in at that time, you would get healed. If you didn't, you wouldn't. Amen? It was time and chance. But you know somebody had to recognize that it was time and chance that were intersecting at a certain time. The angel would go down, stir the water, you would step in and get healed. It was time and chance, but you had to recognize it. It was how you responded to it. Amen? Are y'all following me? I thought about blind Bartimaeus and how he refused to, to, to not cry out. Amen? Think about this. Look at, look at Luke 18, 39. It said, then those who went before him warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. These big shot disciples had, had told him, you, you just sat over there. You be quiet. You're not important. You sat over there in the corner with your little blanket and your little tin begging cup, begging for help. There's one that's coming through here. You, you be quiet. You don't say a word. The master's coming through. Jesus is passing through. And you know what he did? He cried out even louder. He cried out even louder, and I love it because he, he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. Heal me. Help me. He was screaming louder and louder and louder. Why? Why? Because he understood that this is my time. This is my chance. He said, I've heard stories. I, I may never encounter him again. I've heard about this miracle worker. I've heard about this Savior. I heard about this guy who's, who's, who's doing all these miracles, and he may never, ever pass me by again. So he screamed even louder. 
Jesus, help me. Can I tell you something? Zacchaeus, the reason he climbed up in a tree, Zacchaeus, a little man was he, climbed up in a sycamore tree. Like four of y'all know that song? Oh, old Sunday school joke. <laughs> Those Sunday school people know that song, don't they? But can I tell you, the, the man who was short in stature, that climbed up in the sycamore tree, desperate, leaning over the multitudes, literally out on a limb, literally out on a limb. You know why? Why he was willing to risk everything? It's interesting that both of these people, blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus, listen, they didn't know it. But something in them felt the urgency of that moment. It felt the urgency of that moment. Jesus was on his way to Calvary when he encountered both of those people. Come on, y'all. Listen to me. Jesus was on his way to Calvary when he encountered blind Bartimaeus and he encountered Zacchaeus. In other words, if they had not responded when they did, he wasn't coming back. He wasn't coming back. He was going to die. He was going to hang on that cross and then we raised up on the third day and then he was going to get on a cloudy elevator and he was going to go sit at the right hand of the Father for you and me. He wasn't coming back. They would have missed their chance. What I'm telling you, the, the reason that these people were so desperate enough to, get, to literally get out on a limb and they're screaming, God, and, and blind Barmatus is helping me. say, Jesus, help me. Help me, help me. Because time, here, look, listen, it was time and chance intersecting for them. It would have never happened again. It was how they responded. Time and chance happened for them all. Amen. That's why they were so desperate. They were crying out even louder. Let me tell you this. Every once in a while, every once in a while, God will set you up. And you realize this. This is a big deal right now. This is a big deal right now. And when it happens, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, it's so important that you know that this is either going to be the greatest day and dream come true or this is going to be the biggest nightmare of my life. Amen. Because you'll never come to those moments without having to exercise faith, which is spelled R-I-S-K. risk. It's risk. I've had a lot of those moments in the past year. A lot of those moments where time and chance they were intersecting. A lot of those moments. The Lord had put it in our hearts to start Restoration Church a couple years ago. Amen. But it wasn't the right time. Pastor Dustin and I have prayed about it. We've been and, and it just wasn't the right time. It was like, no, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. And, and, and if you take a seed and you plant it in the wrong season, it's not going to live. It's going to die. You plant a seed in the winter, it's not going to make it. You plant a seed and the Lord kept shutting doors. We were scared to step out in faith, which is spelled R-I-S-K. Just wasn't the right time. And then a year ago, a year ago today, time and chance intersected in our life. Amen. I was in a hospital 
And the Lord had clearly spoke to me. He spared my life. He spared my life. I'm not supposed to be here. I guess I am. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up. I was done. I got out of the hospital. I told my wife, I said, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to go back to church. I don't want to be a pastor no more. I didn't understand why I was having to walk through this storm. I had no idea. As the Lord was speaking to us, and I said, Jamie, it's been 25 days on that ventilator. It's been 51 days in that hospital. But time and chance were intersecting for us. And I had no idea about it. This is storms are meant to change you. Amen? You don't come out of a storm the same way you went into a storm. It's not the purpose of the storm. The Lord spoke to us. And we were called to start Restoration Church. Amen. And here's the point. Here's the point. This was either going to be a dream come true for us or it was going to be a nightmare that we were going to have to look on for the rest of our life. Time and chance. It was my destiny to preach the gospel. It is what God has called me to do. It is my destiny to preach the gospel. In September the 11th, 2022, I collided with my destiny. Pastor Dustin and I collided with time and chance. And all of y'all showed up to Restoration Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It was going to be the greatest dream come true or the biggest, worst nightmare we were going to have to look at for the rest of our life. I'm not boasting. God knows my heart. I'm not boasting. I'm not boasting. I'm trying to get to some of you to understand that you're never going to feel adequate. You're never going to feel worthy. You're never going to feel smart enough. You're never going to feel qualified enough. Come on, y'all. But when time and chance comes together and God puts things together in your life. Don't matter if you feel unqualified or unworthy or I'm telling you, you just stand up and you do what you can do and God's going to do whatever you cannot do. You stand up and do what you can do. You stand up and do what God has called you to do and he will do what you can't do. I promise you. Mm. You are not inferior when God is with you. You are not inferior when his hand is upon you. Y'all don't hear me. You are not inferior when his hand is upon you. I could have shrunk back in fear and inferiority. We could have ran from it. We could have shrunk back from it. But in that moment, it was time and chance. That's why we're here. It was time and chance that had intersected. And you say, well, I missed my time. I messed up. The net had me. The cage had me. Everything had me. But Jesus said, my grace is greater than that. Amen. Jesus says, my grace is greater than that. And I've already set you up to be here today. I've already set this up. This is time and chance. It's where time and chance are intersecting right now. And you're going to collide with your destiny. You're going to collide with your purpose.
Come on, y'all. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning? How many of you believe in miracle moments? Amen. Come on. You believe in miracle moments. I love it. When you make Jesus first, there are no limitations. There are no limitations. In the beginning, God. When you make God first, there are no limitations. If God wants you there, he will rearrange things in your life to get you there. Come on, y'all. If God wants you there, come on, he will rearrange situations in your life to get you there. In the beginning, God. And if you put God first, I promise you, time and chance will happen for you all.